Welcome to the Wealthstream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm good, Eric. You know, we're eight months into COVID and uh, we're making it through. How about you? That's right. Eight months out of 103 months. <laughs> don't say that. I know. <laughs> I don't know what they're Oof. saying these days, but uh, yeah, we can we can check off the eight-month box. Yay. Exactly. Check, check. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, obviously we always kind of ask each other how we're doing, and uh, mm-hmm. that's the theme of this podcast today is is you're kind of hitting the second part of your State of the Union address. Yes. You know, I, I would say in the last three or four months in particular, but also just throughout my career, you know, clients would ask, well, how are you guys doing, you know? And and um, I had originally thought, let's make a three-part podcast for it. And then I was talking to my smarter half, Nancy, of course, and mm-hmm. she's like, you know, less is more. So I'm combining two and three into this one. So we went through part one last time, which was talking about, you know, some of the working at home, remote best practices, how we've responded to COVID, how I'm watching clients respond, which is really more of a practical, you know, how did we do this year? Mm-hmm. What I thought we would do in part two, which is today, is, you know, a couple, two years ago, I merged uh, my practice in with two other advisors to become Hightower Great Lakes. And, you know, we get a lot of questions about that. So I just thought I would kind of take a two-year snapshot and, you know, why did we do it just to refresh and how are we doing and all that. And then at the end, because I did promise last time that I would give you my one word to describe mm-hmm. 2020. That's right. And I promised that it would be good and that not that everyone could hear it. And then also my word for and thoughts for 2021. So that's kind of what I thought I covered today. All right. Then since we're condensing two into one, I'm just going to be quiet and let you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's up to me now. Darn it. Okay. That's right. It's all on your shoulders, Tim. <laughs> Shoot. A lot of pressure today. Yep. So just to go back and talk a little bit about why we did become High Tower Great Lakes. So as I look at the industry as I'm working with clients, as we're trying to constantly make you know make sure we're competitive, add services, there was a couple key things that we were facing um, as we got into 2018. One was you know there's not a lot, not a lot of clients understand this, but I think they understand it just watching the whole world be this way. Is there's a lot of price compression in the investment in financial planning and wealth management industry, mm-hmm. and Although we never say our goal is to be the cheapest, you know, because that's that's not what we're trying to do. We talk about we're trying to be very competitive price-wise, mm-hmm. and we focus on value. So value is the key. And you know, there are things like the custodians we use. So our clients primarily have their assets held at Fidelity or Schwab or Pershing, and there's constant price pressure there. Um, there's you know the investment management side, so mutual funds exchange traded funds, money managers, you know, they're constantly facing uh, price compression. There's robo advisors. 
And so one of the things we're, we're always trying to do is make sure that as we're expanding our services, as we're, you know, uh, working for clients, that we continually are price competitive and and um, adding value. So, for example, last year and then into this year, a lot of the custodians like Fidelity, Schwab, TD Ameritrade completely lowered their prices and sometimes, in some cases, went down to zero. And in that case, we were able to pass those savings, you know, not to additional profits for us, but the way we do it, we passed all those savings to the client. So yeah. it's just an example of the, that was one thing that we probably couldn't have done if we weren't a little bit larger working with the much with a little bit larger firm. Mm-hmm. The other part of it too is, you know, and I, I think our clients understand this because they experience it daily is security. Uh, there's just so much going on right now where people are trying to steal your data. Mm-hmm. Uh, once, twice a month, we get emails from we, who we think are clients. Uh, it turns out they're not. You know, maybe they, their account has been hacked or somehow they've gotten their data. So we spend a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources on training our team, uh, making sure the data is secure. Uh, we had to add like a number of additional processes to verify emails. You know, for example, when a, we get an email from a client, especially if it's related to transferring any funds or making any changes, you know, we automatically call them, make sure that we get verbal confirmation. Um, we've added all kinds of things like they call them authentication or, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the client uh, sends us, when we send a DocuSign or a form or when a client gets onto a website, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's a pain for clients. It's a pain for us. It's more work for everyone. But we have to set up these, you know, where they maybe text your phone or they give you some other authentication or they call you. Um, and so in order to do these things like security, in order to, you know, negotiate better pricing for clients with the custodian side, we just couldn't do it based on our size. And that was two of the reasons why um, we originally thought about, you know, why we, why we needed to merge. Well, and it's all about that value that you were talking about earlier, is that security for you guys is, it's expensive. I mean, it's it's not cheap to to make sure everything's secure and using all these different systems and doing the trainings and and all that. That is that is an expense that you incur because you want your clients to be safe. And I know that your clients they appreciate it from afar. I'm, I'm sure in a lot of ways, and they don't know exactly everything that goes into it. But once they kind of unpack what that means, I, I think that they would really find that um, a huge value add to what you do. Exactly. And, you know, the additional cost also comes with the compliance side. So mm-hmm. we're very heavily regulated, which is great because it's a protection for our clients. We are regulated by FINRA, which is a broker brokerage firm federal agency. We choose to be fiduciary, so we're also registered or our compliance through the SEC. Uh, we're also um, regulated in every state we operate in, and we just have a lot more clients moving all over the country. So, you know, now we're required to you know, be regulated in 35 states. Mm. So it just gets complicated and more expensive. Um, but the other part beyond the, the money part is really the world is so much faster. Um, and for, for us to be communicating proactively uh, in many different ways, it, we, we just needed to add more. Uh, we needed to be a little bit larger so we could hire more people. We could add more services. For example, you know, this, the next generation, so I'm 58, I'm not quite on the exit plan, but 
Um, um, as you know, or Erica, you have kids, and I talk to my clients with their younger kids and especially their grandkids, they're learning, they're seeing, they're taking in data, they're getting information differently, you know, mm -hmm. than we used to. So I'm old school. I like meeting with clients. I like sitting in a room, a conference room, their office, their house, whatever. But we have a lot of people who have said in the last couple of years, you know, Tim, don't take it personal, but I never want to meet you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, would rather get, I, I, I want what you offer, um, and it, you know. But at the same time, I want it via video. I want it via uh, email. I want it electronically. Um, so, all those things require a lot of additional resources, a lot of mm -hmm. additional ways to deliver the information, a lot of additional cost. So, again, this was another reason why we we wanted to basically merge so that expand the amount of communications faster and in different venue. Nice. Yeah, so that's... like even these podcasts, you know, I never, I never imagined that I would be doing podcasts three years ago. And, um, I think I just completed my 52nd or 53rd podcast. So, and now I'm getting videos and I have a face for podcasting, not necessarily for videos. So who knows how that'll turn out? <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. You know, they can change <laughs> the so. white balance in their TV or <laughs> on their screen and figure that out. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, related to that is, how we're meeting our clients, how they're wanting to meet with us, like I just said, is differently, mm -hmm. uh, is different now, and especially in light of COVID. So fortunately, you know, we had done some of the, we had made some of these changes in advance. We certainly didn't anticipate the changes that we would have had to um, do with COVID, but, you know, even just like meeting prep. So if a client calls me um, and it's not a scheduled meeting, it would typically take me 30, 45 minutes and my team to kind of make sure we're prepared with an agenda, with reports, et cetera. I mean, I can literally, I have done this recently in my, this week I did it in my car. Mm -hmm. So a client calls, obviously the client wants immediate response, uh, connection, questions, answers, and I'm literally able to pull over. Fortunately I did pull over to the side of the road yeah. and really, and pull up everything on my iPad or my phone, uh, securely, but it allows me then to be responsive proactively and get back to them. These are things I couldn't have done even two years ago. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, with COVID, I had never done Zoom. I wasn't really sure what it was except for maybe my kids running on track, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've now done 200-plus Zoom meetings. Um, wow. You know, we still have, our, in Indiana, our office has opened up. Uh, so we are having meetings when clients want them. I had uh, two yesterday. But we're certainly continuing to offer phone, Zoom, WebEx, um, and really any sort of communication video that we can to make sure that we're delivering the service we have, uh, the comprehensive planning in a way that the clients are looking for it. So that's been a really big change. Yeah. You know, and the other thing we did too was we, we changed the process when we merged in 2019 and we expanded this into 2020 where we try, we try to have always, we try to always have two people in a meeting so there's a, like a primary person on the team and a secondary person on the team so that the client knows that, if, for example, right now I'm in this podcast, if a client calls, you know, they might know that Justin or Samantha or Wes are also kind of a, a secondary person they can always call. They know mm -hmm. everything about everything that we're doing for them. I mean, everyone in the firm does, but it's nice to have a secondary and a primary. Um, and that was another thing we had changed, which really helped uh, when we moved into the COVID world because... Um, it just, you know, because everyone's remote and we're all trying to figure out how to communicate with more and more people. Um, so that really helped a lot. 
So, but it all comes down to, you know, all the things I talked about are really, I Hightower Great Lakes, Canal Wealth Management, which is what it was before, I really needed to expand the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I really needed to expand our team with really strong, smart, uh, next-gen, high-tech people. Um, and to do that, I needed to be, li- not that I want to be big, not that I wanted, I'm from Chicago, but I didn't want to move back into Chicago. I love Valparaiso. I didn't want to move up to Traverse City, you know, where our, our other partner is. But what I was looking for was the ability to attract and retain great people and compensate them and give them a career path. And as a smaller firm, it's just much harder to do that. Yeah. Whereas um, when you know we tripled in size, it wasn't, again, necessarily being bigger, but it just allowed us to uh, recruit and attract people. And that, I mean, that's, you know, fortunately, like here in Valpo, we have Justin, we have Samantha, we have Wes, you know, in Chicago, Stephanie's in support up in Traverse City, you know, Kim and Laura and Don. Um, we really couldn't do this with three independent firms, but we can do it as a merged entity to really all support and collaborate for our clients. Yeah. And shout out to Samantha because she was on a podcast before. And if you have not heard that, you'll understand exactly why Tim, you know, brought her onto the team. Yeah. I mean, and just to one more point about the money. So we literally spend, you know, half a million dollars a year or more supporting the team, educating, certification, continuing ed, security, mm-hmm. technology, infrastructure. Um, and we'll continue to do that because we have to do that to be sustainable. We have to do that to be a firm that can not just serve our clients, but also serve their children, their next generation, and their favorite charities. Yeah. So that that's just kind of a quick outline as to what I was thinking and why. And then I'll kind of fast forward a little bit to my partners, Steve, Blair, and Wes. So I, I had worked, I, I should say I collaborated with, I shared ideas, I brainstormed for almost 10 years with Steve and Blair. And mm-hmm. I had been working with Wes here in our office for about eight years. And one of the things I was looking for was more perspective from partners. So for example, Steve and Stephanie are in Chicago. Steve is very strong on the investment process, the investment services, uh, the, 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 tech, the details of managing money. And Stephanie is a support person um, in Chicago. And so Steve compliments some of the things I do. I, love the, I more love the planning side. You know, Wes here in the office in Valpo, he really is uh, the leader of the next generation. He's youth. He's super strong in operations. Um, and he's really helped us as a firm, as a combined firm, kind of formalize the career paths, the compensations, the training, education, certification. So he operates as our mm. chief operating officer. Nice. And here, he's been able to, we've been able to recruit Samantha and Justin, who are just incredible um, kind of support advisors. They will be the future of the firm in terms of lead advisors down the road. You know, some of my clients and some of the audience might remember Hannah. She was our marketing person and she took a great opportunity to be closer to family. Um, So Gina now is our marketing communications person. And, you know, the the benefit of, of us having somebody like Gina is that we can consistently and quickly and proactively communicate because for example, when we're managing money for clients, we have what we call discretion. And discretion just means that if you and I meet Eric and we have a plan and we know what the plan is and we all agree what it is, 
we want to be able to implement and change and make you know um, protect you for example if the market's doing poorly or maybe mm-hmm. get you more into the market for example if if we feel that's the, the case so if we have three or four hundred clients that we're working with you know we don't want to have to call you first before we make these changes but we also want to communicate quickly when we are so we have the discretion for example on the investment process side uh, we move quickly we move proactively and someone like Gina really helps us get that data out to people um, you know, between our meetings and then making making sure our clients know exactly what we're doing and where we're, how we're responding to things like COVID or markets and elections and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, you go up to my partner, Blair. Uh, one of the beauties is for 10 years I collaborated with him and brainstormed with him, and he has a really good understanding of client service, what clients are looking for. Um, he always teases me when I when I give him my elaborate spreadsheets and numbers and he says, Tim, I'm verbal, you know, <laughs> don't be, don't keep sending me all this stuff. I mean, so again, it, it's a, he's a compliment to maybe some of my strengths and my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is our chief operating officer. So he's an advisor. He's a phenomenal advisor. Um, he's grown an incredible business up in Traverse city, but he also has been uh, really valuable in helping Hightower Great Lakes set the vision and he has, you know, Kim up in Traverse City has been working with him for, I can't even tell you how many years because we're not allowed to talk about age. No, just kidding. But Kim's amazing. And Kim, and really, Blair couldn't do what he does without Kim. And same with Laura. You know, Laura's been up there, and, and Laura really does whatever it takes to serve the client. And Don really, he's an advisor that he probably is the future of the Traverse City office. Um, he's in incredibly empathetic, super client, super uh, client focused advisor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he, he's a, he's a great pr- partner to have. Nice. So again, th- that's just kind of a, a little perspective on why I, I ended up uh, merging with Steve, uh, Wes, Blair, et cetera. And really, um, just to give you a couple examples of, in terms of operational efficiencies to keep our costs down, to make sure we're continuing to be competitive. The, the, the one exa- example I'll give you is we had three separate firms, we all did our own accounting, our own billing, our own human resources. So one of the efficiencies is just having one firm, we're really able to kind of consolidate that. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie in Chicago now does all the billing for the combined firm as opposed to three separate people doing it. So there, there's some efficiencies which we then pass on to clients, again, to continually be competitive, which is what our goal is. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it frees up people that were doing billing before to focus on something else, which again, I know you well enough to be able to say that that's going to be client focused. It's going to be something around serving clients as opposed to just other, other work. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And so two years into it, as we're finishing 2020, um, thank God, by the way, thank you. Exactly. Addition to just continuing to be competitive, in addition to trying, you know, to attract and retain a better team, a stronger team, a younger team to, you know, support our clients into the future. The other benefit of the merger has been that we've really been able to add a lot of additional services that I think benefit clients. So, for example, we're able to, we're currently offering more of a, what we call virtual family office type services to some Mm -hmm. of our um, higher net worth, more complicated entrepreneur business owners. So, like, uh, Eric, you and I did a couple podcasts on that. You know, we did one, I think it was episode 28. It's called Living Your Optimal Financial World. Mm -hmm. And then we also did one on Family Office Services, which was episode 16. We have a series of white papers. But what happens is, in addition to traditional 
financial advice, wealth management, we're able to do a lot of one-off planning projects. We're also able to take a lot of the daily management of people's net worth and their balance sheets off their shoulders. Um, Things like, you know, bill pay, things like um, accounting or just helping somebody do a a due diligence process for property and casualty insurance. You know, we're not in, we're not property and casualty agents. We don't get compensated for that, but we like to make sure that all their clients' risks are covered. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, that's just an example of some of the things we do over and above the traditional wealth management. Yeah. We've also been able to add more robust business succession planning uh, services for our business owner clients. Mm -hmm. And also we've really expanded our tax planning firm wide. So, for example, in episode 31 of the podcast, if you go back, you'll see that we talked about how to be tax efficient, you know, with your charitable giving. Or uh, I think episode 37 was tax avoidance versus tax evasion. You know, you never want to be in the tax <laughs> evasion business. But yeah. the point is we, we have really been able to add a lot of additional tax planning, business succession planning. You know, we have a series of white papers and podcasts and videos on value drivers, you know, making sure you get the maximum value. These are all things that we would not have been able to do had, had we been you know, smaller, we didn't have the, the expanded team, um, the expanded services, things like that. So really two years in, the other thing I'm really proud of and happy about is we've really been able to attract a lot of great advisors. You know, so Wes, Justin, uh, Samantha, Don, you know, and then just working with Blair and Steve, I couldn't be happier because I feel like my clients are just so much better off. For 35 years, I've had clients say to me, you know, Tim, if you get hit by the proverbial bus, you know, what happens? Mm-hmm. And I am, I'm more confident today than I was a year ago, two years ago, certainly 10 years ago, that if I left the firm, and I don't plan on it, but um, that my clients would definitely be able to, they'd be taken care of into the future. So that that's really that's what makes me happy because I didn't really build and grow this business. I didn't try to attract and work with these my clients it, with the thought that at some point I leave and they have to go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to build something that's sustainable uh, for them going forward. Yeah, and you know I've had multiple conversations on the podcast and also off air uh, talking about you know, wanting to make sure that your clients are taken care of no matter what. And that's I mean businesses business succession planning when we've spoken about that it, i mean that's come up multiple times and you're a big proponent of making sure that everybody's taken care of so um, i've heard your heart in this matter and I, I know that that was heavy on your mind and something that you wanted to make sure everything was in place and that's what you help your clients do too exactly so now i'll just leave the listener with two things one is my word for 2020 oh here it is um so drum roll no so my word, what I've learned mostly, and the one word I think is best to describe it is really proactive. Uh, you know, our investment process has had to be so proactive when COVID hit and the market dropped. I mean, there were points where indexes were down, you know, 25, 30%. And, you know, we were, we were daily figuring out how to respond. In the meantime, we had just moved our office. You know, we moved our office at the first week of March, and then we had to shut down, That's we right. had to close. Then, you know, we were able to open five weeks later and then we had COVID issues, so we had to close again. And, you know, then now we're all working remote. We're all doing, you know, 200 plus Zoom meetings now. Uh, we're doing videos, blogs, calls. But more than just what we're doing, I've witnessed my clients all really, really changing 
not only how they do business and responding to this, but how they li- how they're living. You know, how you're interacting with your children, your grandchildren, your friends. You know, I learned the new word. What's your pod? <laughs> you know, hmm. you know, because everyone's trying to find their little pod of safety. So, proactive is critical for 2020 because as things were happening, you didn't have to. Uh, my thought was that we weren't. We were thinking of today for sure. How are we responding to this? But we're always trying to figure out how do we respond to tomorrow with so much uncertainty. So mm-hmm. that's my word, and um, and I'm sticking to it. That's right. <laughs> and then my word for 2021 is empathy. Mm. And I think empathy is a critical word going forward because I want to meet my clients where they are. And all of my clients are in different places, politically, economically, um, in terms of their feelings and beliefs about COVID and the response and the lockdowns. And it's just everyone is very on edge. So I try my best to be empathetic and I want to be empathetic as we go into 2021 uh, so that I can meet my clients, but I can also meet my family, my friends, wherever they are, mm-hmm. um, wherever their beliefs are, whatever their thought process, process is about everything going on. Um, I also want to he- be empathetic and we're talking as a firm about doing this more with support for local nonprofits, support for local businesses. You know, when COVID first hit, and you know, we, we had this plan where we were constantly ordering out food, you know, just trying to support restaurants who were trying to figure out how to do this, but also uh, not just the food, but also, you know, trying to work with other small businesses just to support and keep them going because I think they're the lifeblood and supporting entrepreneurs. And as we get into 2021, you know, right now it's middle November and there appears to be a COVID spike and there's additional lockdowns. And mm-hmm. I just want to be, and I want our firm to be empathetic and support our clients, our family, our friends, local business, entrepreneurs, where they are, where they need, um, so we can do whatever we can to support them. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was not expecting that for your word for 2021, but I think <laughs> that's beautiful. No, I mean, seriously, I, I, that was not what I was thinking. And man, um, that really hits home because that's, it doesn't matter where you live in the country. Everybody's being affected drastically and um, driving around, I'm seeing more and more smaller businesses that have shut their doors completely. And that's, that's yeah. very difficult to see. And uh, I know that uh, I don't have clients that are small business owners in this area. Uh, and so that's a little bit different for me uh, working with them remotely. But uh, it's, it's hard to see that. And it's hard to uh, know that families have put in you know, blood, sweat, and tears into something, and and now it hasn't worked out because of this whole situation. So, I love that that is your your word for twenty twenty one. Yeah, so we're just going to try and meet people wherever they're at. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Tim. I think that's a great place to close this sucker out, and uh, I, I thank you for your time. If somebody wants to reach out and just chat with you about maybe some more words you have uh, for twenty twenty one or for the rest what of what I was really thinking, right? Exactly. What you really wanted to say, but couldn't say it on the podcast. Uh, no, yeah. but if, if they want to reach out and chat with you about this, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can always call me direct at two one nine two four six five three seven zero or send me an email at tscanell at hightoweradvisors.com or just check out our website where we have a lot of resources that you can get on these topics we're talking about. Fantastic. Absolutely. All right, and of course, the last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the WellStream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. 
Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream Podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. 